Welcome back to the Nomi Podcast. Welcome back, Nomi listeners, to another episode of the Nomi Podcast, your go-to source for all things self-discovery and self-awareness. I'm your host, Cynthia, a licensed mental health counselor and the proud mom of... Yours truly, Madeline, the ever-curious trained coach and partner in crime for these deep conversations. You may have noticed an unfamiliar voice greeting you at the start of this episode. Surprise! In today's episode, we're joined by coach Mila Miller, founder of BCK Consulting and Coaching. BCK stands for Be Kind and Curious, so we know that Milam belongs in our community. Ooh, so glad you brought up belonging. As we continue our journey of self-exploration, we're diving into the captivating world of identity, belonging, and the art of being our authentic selves in a world that often encourages us to fit in. It's a rich episode with Milam here to join us. We'll be unearthing the layers of our identities, discussing the difference between fitting in and finding our true place in the world, and sharing some fascinating personal stories along the way. So grab your favorite snack, find a comfy spot, and get ready for a playful, thought-provoking, and heartwarming conversation absolutely riddled with tips and strategies to help you develop your relationship to self. We're so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hi, Mom. Hi, Madeline. And we also have a special guest, so I get to say hi, Milam. Hello, Madeline. Hi, Cynthia. And How I are you? I get to say hi, Milam, too. We're great. <laughs> I have a curious question for you both. And that curious okay. question is, what makes you feel like you belong? Oh, wow. This is a good one. What makes me feel like I belong? So when I think of the word belonging, there's something I feel in my gut. It's not a heart energy. It's not a mind energy. It's this underlying current. The water can be still on top the river, but there's a current underneath and maybe it's the water's a little bit colder too. And it moves a little bit faster. It's, I grew up in a small Texas town where there's a endangered speech, a species called the Texas salamander. And that's where they would hang out down there. But it's a feeling that I'm where I'm supposed to be. I feel I belong when I am accepted. I feel valued for who I show up as, my quote unquote authentic self. And I feel a sense of connection and purpose with others, not just by interests, but by these values and beliefs. I feel a little bit of a combination for both of you. So I agree with you, mom. I really feel like I belong when I don't have to think too much about what version of myself I'm showing up as because I'm showing up as my core self. My negative self-talk kind of dissipates. It's not really present in the space with me. I am who I am. Acceptance is a great word for this. And Milo, I'm also touching on what you said about like right place, right time. A big mm. part of that for me is when I'm coming in contact with my environment and with other people, one of the things that's really important for me is to show up in one of my strengths of helping others. And so mm. I often feel like I really belong when I am able to be a part of communities where I feel I can contribute. So it's not just about the taking of the belonging. It's also about the active ability to give energy into that space one way or another to sustain it for the whole. So there's this communal feeling of I am an individual who belongs, but I am also one of many parts and I make the space better by being there. So a bit of both, mm -hmm. actually. The word, Madeline, you said contribution and what's coming out for me, that last part is enhancement. Like your belonging mm -hmm. is enhancing the state of play, if you will. And Cynthia, I wanted to 
draw from what you said that was super resonant for me is feeling connected, like this authentic self feeling connection there, not based just on interests, but on values. I think that's such mm. an important distinction because there's been times in my life where I chameleoned based on interests. Oh, sure. I like that too. Or have you seen that show? And you're like, I don't know. Have I seen that show? Or just tell them you have. Like it's a pleasantry right. and really leaning into that authentic self and be like, it's not about the small talk. Or the, and actually, I haven't seen the show and get real lean into my core value of curiosity. Tell me more about it. And then you mm -hmm. ultimately can find connection in other ways by just being surface. <laughs> so I have a question for both of you is, did you always feel like you belong? Oh, heck no. Yeah, right. <laughs> no way. Nice, Madeline. Yeah, yeah. I like that emphatic response. <laughs> oh yeah. Heck no. I think it's hard to say that I've always felt like I belong or any of us to say that because to me, belonging comes from first knowing thyself. And I had no idea who I was for the majority of my young life. I knew what people told me I was. I knew what the world perceived me to be. I knew what I was supposed to do. My shoulds. I was very good at my shoulds. And I had the beginning of knowing my dreams, but for the majority of my young life, like a lot of young people, I was still figuring all of that out. And so nine times out of 10, I was actually like, oh, baseline knowledge is I don't belong here because how could I possibly? So I'm just going to go into this with the assumption I don't belong. And every once in a blue moon, maybe I'm proved wrong, but most of the time I just felt like that was a baseline fact. It actually, it was a truth that I didn't belong, that my whole life was just trying to fit in while, until someone figured out mm. that I wasn't supposed to be there. That's really powerful. There's been moments where even in college, for example, because I mentioned I grew up in a smaller Texas town. I went to the University of Texas, huge public university. And a lot of the, the students come from the Houston area, right? The Dallas area, these big cities. And they're like, you're not from Houston or Dallas. It's almost like uncool or unsexy. They're like, you're not out of state. So we don't want to, it's like, y'all, I'm from Texas. Come on. You know what I mean? So it's this, <laughs> this really interesting feeling of, yeah, fitting in versus belonging and wondering like, do I fit in? Kind of questioning. And that's, that's a hard space to be. And just to give a little context to that, we'll put my counselor hat on, is it makes sense, right? It makes mm -hmm. sense for us all to be in this state of fitting in because that is what helps us survive. That's what keeps us safe. We can go all the way back to what we call attachment theory, which is we have to feel secure attachment to our caregivers because if we don't, we're dead. <laughs> if they don't take care of us, we can't survive on our own. So it makes perfect sense when we think of it in that context. But then as we grow, we get wonderful recommendations from the people that do care for us and have kept us alive for a certain period of time. And we get the, the ability to detach lovingly and securely mm -hmm. to go out and form this identity of ours. And it usually starts right around high school. And actually, research is saying that it goes, it probably solidifies somewhere in our 30s, our early 30s. And of course, everyone's on a slightly different timeline. But one of the key things that happens is our frontal lobe is fully developed by the time we're 25. And that's where reasoning and asking ourselves some of these big questions as far as purpose, authentic, 
authenticity, the, the things like that. So I know my experience was I didn't know this. So I felt there was something wrong with me for such mm-hmm. a long time. And I really appreciate, Milam, when you're talking about the work that you're doing now, which is centered around having kind words. Mm-hmm. But how about for ourselves? Yeah. We're taught yeah. to have kind words about others, but boy, did I not give myself permission for those kind words internally um, for a really long time. I'm in that early 30s range. So it's both exciting to think, man, I've really, I've arrived of who I am. And and now it's this call to action, this challenge of how do I live into those values? How do I live into this identity and not fall back victim to the unkind talk, unkind speaking your head of, you don't belong here or change who you are to fit in. I struggled for a long time. There was a huge fear of mine of not being liked. And I think it goes back to as early as fifth grade, kinder through fifth, private school, fifth grade, I make the jump to public school in sixth grade. And I'll never forget running for, I think it was in choir class, which is really embarrassing because I have a terrible voice. Like you do not want to hear me sing, running for vice president. And I didn't vote for myself because I thought that was like the humble thing to do. And I, I tied a girl in my class, Victoria, who did vote for herself. So had I voted for myself, I would have won. And we ended up being like co-vice presidents or whatever it was. And it was such an interesting learning lesson in self-belief because I think that there was a self-doubt. You're the new kid on the block. Be humble. Don't vote for yourself. Even though I thought I was worthy of it, you know, at 11, 12 years old to even be bold or courageous enough to get up there and, and put myself out there. But I also thought if we're co-vice presidents, like she'll like me, I'll be accepted. I struggled because of moments like that, having to put yourself out there and be voted on. What's coming up for me from both of you is this idea of the need for connection, right? That when Mm. we talk about belonging, we're talking about a social human need that we all have, which is to connect with Mm. others. One of the things that we don't talk about a lot, because I think we all are on the same page about needing to connect with others, is belonging to ourselves and our relationship Mm -hmm. with self. When we're talking about figuring out who we are, like the beginnings of these conversations are one of the first times that we're ever really in a position where it's deemed okay and not selfish to turn inward and focus on your relationship with self. If you're all about yourself as a young person, you're deemed selfish or self-centered. But as an Mm -hmm. adult, when we say I'm focusing on my relationship with self, it's yeah, empowerment, girl, you go do that. And so where do we even begin? How do we start identifying how we want to show up, who we are, and then going out there in a way that does help us curate this concept of belonging and step away from this narrative of only needing to fit in that's been beaten into us. You know, we might not have this learned behavior up until this point, but we have with our growth mindsets, with our curiosity, the opportunity to build these skills. So as coaches, mom, also a counselor, in your experience, how do you help your clients build these skills? So I start with having my clients do the VIA Institute of Character Strengths, right? Or I just give them a list of strengths. And alphabet in no particular order. And I just have them identify what strengths they feel that they have. And I have them circle those. Mm. And then I have them star by the strengths that they wish they had. And it's really interesting because when we look at the list together, right, I start with the strengths that they wish they had. 
Mm. Right. And I have them explain to me who they know in their life that has those strengths. Right. And what they do. And once they start explaining their friend Lulabelle and the reason why Lulabelle is humble. Mm. Right. I'm, I say to them, have you ever done that? Mm. And they go, yeah. And I said, how come you're not telling me that you're humble. And it's amazing that when we start to have those conversations, of course, it's easier when we have them with another person. So that's the benefit of having me on the other side or our coach, right? But but we can have them with ourselves. So that would be something that I would suggest as a starter. How about you guys? Hi, Madeline here. And I'm just dropping in to say how grateful we are to be a part of your self-discovery journey. If you've found the tools, resources, and conversations that we've had on the Nomi podcast to be helpful, then we'd love for you to consider supporting us on Patreon. You can find all of our membership options on patreon.com forward slash Nomi. With just the cost of a cup of coffee, you help to support us do what we do best provide resources to help people feel more supported, and to contribute to a world where mental health matters. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the episode. Mom, you know I love the VIA character institutes, strengths, values, etc. These are actually even just things that we started doing in our retreat the past couple of weeks. And it's been really illuminating for our attendees because we just don't think in terms of these things. Another tool that I use with my clients surrounds the locus of control. So when we talk about belonging, even to ourselves, but when we think of belonging with others or disconnectedness and loneliness and a lot of stuff that comes with that, what I hear from my clients a lot of the times is that they wish others would like them. Milam, as you were saying earlier, that they wish others would react a certain way, that we've got some people-pleasing behaviors going on up in the house. So sometimes with my clients, the big work is actually done on what is in the locus of your control. So going from this fear of not being liked and this desire of be to be liked to a desire to just be authentic, to be you. So did I show up as I am? Yes, I couldn't show up as anybody else. But in order to do that, in order to get to that place, first, we need to identify these strengths, these values, this purpose, these this undercurrent. And it's not something that you just sit down for five minutes and you figure out. It's an ongoing conversation that you have with yourself. But just like you would say, did I do my best today? We can say, do I show up as the version of myself that I know to be true right now? And did I show up authentically? And did I show up honorably or with integrity or in my whole core self? So that's something I like to focus on with my client is examining more what is in their power and how they show up so that it's less about how other people react to them and more about how they can be in any given environment or situation. That was beautiful, Madeline. I want to stay in that being space because that's actually my jumping off point with my clients. I have an intake form. And the first question I ask them, as silly as it sounds, is what is your name? And what does it mean to you? We don't get to choose our names. Perhaps you could change it. Mm -hmm. My wife, for example, she was born Emily, but she goes by Emmy. She identifies better with Emmy than she does Emily. And it's it's subtle, but Emmy has a certain meaning to her versus Emily. Emily is the connotation is, oh, grandpa's bad at me. He's calling me Emily. (laughs) But I the follow-up question to that is if you had another name, an alter ego, something that was put on you, projected on you, labeled on you, perhaps in the workplace, what is it? And is it resonant for you? Have you just absorbed it? But once, once I feel like the client gets there to that being space, 
it's a lot of the work I first do is value work. And if you ask someone, what are your values? I find oftentimes you hear, I value family or I value like my dog, things around them that are important and have meaning and significance. And that's great. That is wonderful. Really where I'm trying to deepen the work is pull back the layers of the onion, right? If you're going through a big life transition and money's tight, do you have an attachment to money? Do you value wealth? Does it bring you security or stability? What's the meaning there? And so circling back to what you said earlier, Cynthia, I love this idea of getting curious about ourselves, right? I think once we can get curious about who we really are, we start to better understand sense of self and can operate more authentically because we're not doing it for the adoration, applause, or acceptance of others, because you're like, this is who I am. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think the other key is that until we can understand ourselves, how the heck are we going to have someone else understand us? It's like, right, introducing yourself and going, hi, I'm, who am I? <laughs> Oh, you're Cynthia. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Cynthia. So what we do is we study others mm. and that's where the fitting in starts, right? Is that I have a good sense of who I need to be. Mm. I'm going to be Milam-like. I'm going to be Madeline-like. I'm going to be Lulabelle-like. Mm. And it's not until I go, who is Cynthia? And then fill other people in and they go, oh, well, let me tell you about me. Oh, look at the connectivity we all have with shared values, with shared experiences, with that kind of thing. Totally, Cynthia. One thing that just came up for me is this idea of success. We attach it to outcomes and results. Mm. And could we reframe success as I successfully know who I am? <laughs> and it's the Maya Angelou quote of, she defines success as, and I may butcher it so listeners can fact check me, whomever, but it's, it goes something like this. Success is liking who you are, what you do, and how you do it. And I love that she leads with who you are. Really knowing who you are and leading from that place, it's not what you do. It's not that profession that defines you. It's And most importantly, it's that last piece, that integrity piece. It's how you do it because you're staying true to your code of compass, whatever that is. If it's a moral code, ethical code, just self-awareness and honoring that call of who you were meant to be. Yeah. And I'm really glad we've brought up curiosity, right? Getting curious about ourselves comes up in almost every episode. But I'm just going to remind <laughs> us of something we talked about in an earlier episode, which was about curiosity as a gentle skill, meaning that mm. it only requires us. This was Elizabeth Gilbert. It, curiosity only asks us to turn our heads a quarter of the way toward what piques our attention. And this is so important, I think, in terms of how overwhelming it can feel when we talk about things like who are who am i right figuring out who i am that feels like such a lofty question and that can also trigger i know in me often it triggers my need to have it figured out saboteur so need to have all the answers need to have it all figured out if i don't know exactly who i am then somehow i'm not successful curiosity getting curious about ourselves and embracing the fact that it is an ongoing conversation gives us this grace to figure things out slowly and yeah. redefine what success means, or in our last episode, even removing the word success from our vocabulary, but redefining what it means to be fulfilled, redefining yeah. the things we want, redefining our dreams and our goals and our ambitions and redefining our priorities. This year, one of the main values that I wanted to show up in was spaciousness. If you'd asked me a year ago if spaciousness was one of my values, I would have probably said no. 
But by identifying the lack of it in my life, I realized just how important it was to me. And if I had come from a place of, I know my three character strengths and I know my three mm -hmm. values and there's no space here for anything else because here are my answers. This is my key to Madeline. It's her user manual guide. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so it's just that openness. And the other thing that's coming to mind is part of this feeling of belonging is um, this connectivity, right? Mm -hmm. And what a wonderful way to connect bit by bit, small bite by small bite, curiosity with curiosity, as opposed to waiting for the whole kit and caboodle to be, like you said, my user manual is all written front to back. What if we don't want a manual? We just want to take opportunities to, to connect with yes. others in a curious, non-judgmental, open and affirming and value-based way. Yes, absolutely. I love the affirming piece. I'm very curious about the two of your thoughts around how when we feel that disconnect from others and yes okay we feel connected with ourselves but there is this piece of human need to connect with others mm -hmm. how can we go out in the world knowing our core selves and finding that connection and belonging in spaces where this stuff isn't commonplace yeah. i'm going to i'm going to go an interesting direction y'all y'all rock with me <laughs> let's try this <laughs> so sometimes i find with my clients that they're looking for these assessment tools and it has to be a thing, a quiz to understand self. And I don't think it always needs to be that. So for example, connectivity to me, to myself is when I'm on my yoga mat. I connect mind, body, spirit, and it's a very personal practice. Also within that space, I'm connected to people who appreciate the art, right? It's not just a physical practice. It's a spiritual practice, an eight limb path and speaking with them after class and getting curious and let's go for coffee. It's a great space to find human connection. And so part of my journey, I began practicing yoga in 2014 and was a student leading up to 2020 when the world stopped. You better believe I was doing a lot of yoga. That was a, a great coping mechanism. I was on my mat a lot and it inspired me in fact, circling back on what you said, Cynthia, the affirmation piece, I had many instructors from 2014 to 2020 that affirmed my practice. Milam, I saw you. It's so, so cool to see somebody in their body and in their mind and really in the practice that I felt called to become an instructor. So I got my 200 hour registered yoga teacher certification in 2022 and began teaching last year. And I find that whatever that space is it's again it doesn't need to be an assessment tool it could be volunteering like cleaning up on earth day this past week and but you feel connected to a greater purpose and a community so be getting curious about where your energy is drawn to and why it's a great thing to find your quote unquote your people right, right. and tribe. <laughs> why wouldn't you want to find your tribe your people with the things that bring you joy so the doing activities aren't the bad guys it's just being aware of chances are there's not a lot of people showing up on yoga mats together if they hate yoga <laughs> if they don't believe in the power of a yoga practice, <laughs> but when we're tapping in, what brings me joy? I love that. What resonates with me, right? Mm -hmm. Makes me feel like I'm bringing my best self. 
Absolutely. you know, at that moment, then chances are you're sitting next to people who brought their best self. And so we can at least start the conversation. I've done things in my adult life for the outcome, for the result. Was a big runner, started small, a mile, then it becomes two, then it becomes three, then it becomes a 5K, then it becomes a 10K, then it becomes a half marathon. I ran my first marathon in 2014 to prove to myself, not anyone else, I could do it. But then even after that experience, I was like, Milam, that was a fluke. You know, it's this negative self-talk like you you've, you got across the finish line, but I don't know if you could do it a second time. That was just a one-off. So I did it again in 2017. When I got really curious on why I was doing it, I realized, Milam, you're not doing it for the medal. I don't even know where the medals are. Fall in love with that journey, the person you have to be to be disciplined and to train and don't just fixate on the outcome, the doing. Fitness is very important to me. I, I value my health. I value my wellness, my vitality. I feel I can show up best for myself first and foremost. And then my wife, my family, my clients, if I take care of myself, whether it's a run club, whether it's a yoga studio, get really curious on, on why you're showing up there and the person you want to be when you're in that space. And that energy, I think, attracts other energy. It's had I not been affirmed by instructors I don't know if that ripple effect would have continued. Now I affirm people. My sankalpa is to encourage enthusiastically. It's I want to pay it forward. I know what that energy feels like. And that's coming from the core. That's my authentic being. That's I want other people to know, did you come here just to fit in and do it because it's like the trendy thing to do? And then you go and get your mimosas afterwards. And if that's your thing, that's your thing. You go for it. Or are you coming here because you feel like you belong in this space and you seek belonging not just with self, but also with others and to dialogue on that, to feel that connectivity, feel that aliveness, I think is so huge. Oh my goodness. There's just so much I want to say. And the big <laughs> thing that's coming to mind is this idea of when we talk about things that are in our control, understanding ourselves, getting to the inner reason why we do things, right? Taking these mm -hmm. interests that start as just interests, doing interests, and then giving them meaning and giving them purpose. And the more that we do this, the more everyone does this, the more we can come together in these spaces, aligning on mm -hmm. that sense of purpose rather than just on the basis of interest in the doing things. But what really was screaming at me to talk about was we started with this question, what makes you feel like you belong? And if we can mm -hmm. answer this question, even if we've only felt glimpses of belonging, or even if we're just dreaming it, what might make you feel like you belong? When we get this answer, there's no reason you can't create that either for yourself or for others. And so one beautiful tool is to go into the spaces you're already in and bring that energy. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it's feeling mm -hmm. like I don't have to think about who I am, that sense of acceptance. So how can I go into my communities and make sure that the people I bump into feel accepted? I mean, I can't control that they feel accepted, but I can show up sure. in the way that I would hope others would accept me. And as you're saying, Milam, like affirmation and it's being seen helps you feel like mm -hmm. you belong in that community and inspires you to go even further. So now you're turning around and affirming the person behind you. Like all mm -hmm. these people in front of me have made me feel belonging by doing this for me. So how can I, again, contribute, feed that energy back into the system so that we're all communally creating this sense of belonging and people can take what they will. They might not like mm -hmm. the affirmation, but you're creating that and Affirmation begets affirmation. Energy begets energy. Love and kindness Amen. beget love and kindness. So if I used to have this bracelet, actually, my dad gave it to me for my high school graduation way back. And it mm -hmm. said, I think it's Gandhi, be the change you wish to see in the world. 
And this is how I think about, I know, mom, we're both stealing your job. She always gives a quote at the end and everyone's. I love them. I love them. I've started a trend. Cynthia, we need to start like a text chain or some sort of daily quote. She will gladly do it. But this be the change you wish to see in the world applies Mm. to anything, anything we feel is lacking, Mm. whether it's belonging, whether it's kindness, whether it's acceptance, whether it's joy, we can always choose to go out and add to the pool that we feel is lacking. If you Mm. go, we're going to talk in a metaphor here. If you go to a reservoir and it's dried up and you really wish there were water there, you've got two hands and two feet and you can go with Mm. a bucket and at least start the process. Does that mean everyone's going to be able to do the same Mm. as you or want to? No. Does that mean that it's immediately going to be filled or it's not going to be a little bit of a sometimes painful and laborious process? No. But you will be making a difference with that very first acknowledgement you make a difference. So this is also one of the bigger things that came to mind while I heard you both speaking around the idea of not only acknowledging what we need, but being the active gifters of that into the world. Yeah. The agent of change. It takes one person to start the ripple, right? Yes. I love the ripple. And going back to that original question, Madeline, we were trying to answer, I had a limiting belief. I did not belong in the yoga room, in the studio. I thought you had to have a man bun, an arm sleeve of tattoos. That was my thought of what a yogi is. Like I wouldn't define myself as a yogi at the time because I was like, I don't look the part. Like I want to be the cool guy with the man bun and the sleeve of tattoos and going upside down. And I had to get over that limiting belief. Or if I'm in a yoga room of studio that can hold 30 people, I would say maybe there's three men in there. Maybe. And I had to say, that's okay. I, if I had accepted, I don't fit in here because I'm not in the majority. I can't even imagine women in the corporate world that walk into spaces like that. If we accept that, then we're accepting defeat instead of leaning into, hey, I belong here because I feel it in my gut. I feel connected to this room. And mm-hmm. I can be that change agent. I can affirm someone. I can affirm myself to be here and then I can affirm someone else and they realize, oh, tight. She belongs in the boardroom. He belongs in the yoga studio, whatever it is. Like it starts with us, that feeling of I deserve to be here. I'm worthy of being here and I'm going to spread joy and authenticity and aliveness and connectedness by being here. Absolutely. I love that. That is a wonderful note to end on. And mom- We can't leave without your being the one to close us with a quote. We've both given our quote, so now it's your turn. (laughs) Yeah. I was just nervous all along that you guys might, because I loved the two quotes that you came up with, or maybe there was even three, some of my favorite people. But I have someone we haven't mentioned, and her quote is, it's Tara Brock, Mm -hmm. and belonging is the innate human desire to be part of something larger than us. Because this is yearning in us so primal, we often try to acquire it by fitting in and by seeking approval, which are not only hollow substitutes for belonging, but often barriers to it. Yeah. You're going to have to email me that one. I'm going to have to write it down, look at it again, meditate on it. That is so profound. Thank you for sharing that, Cynthia. You're welcome. So on that note, we invite you, all three of us, I can speak for all three of us here. We invite you to create your own 
sense and definition of belonging and go forth and put it out in the world and you shall receive. Mylon, before we sign off, can you help our listeners understand how they could work with you if they would like to? Thank you. Wow. My practice is called BCK. Be Confident and Kind is our ethos. We believe everybody deserves to feel the most confident version of themselves and to start speaking more kindly to themselves by embodying that kindness. They can be kind to the world around them. You can find me on the web, that World Wide Web, www.bckconsulting.org. I'm on social on both Instagram and LinkedIn. I love people. I always have. And so I want to get curious with them. I take chemistry calls to see if we're the right fit. And because of our beautiful network, Madeline, and the work we've gotten to do together, if I'm not the right coach for them, that's okay. Hopefully I can help point them in the right direction. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yes. Thank, thank you. you. So thank you so much for being with us, Milam. We are so happy to have you as part of our conversation today. And it was rich. My, my wheels are going to be spinning on this one for a while. For all of our listeners, we hope that you got value out of this. You can check the show notes. Milam's contact information will also be in the show notes. So you can connect on whatever platform you feel comfortable or reach out if he can be of service. We are really grateful to have had your ear for a little bit of time. And of course, until next time, be well. That brings us to the end of this episode. We hope our conversation provides some insight and practical ways to navigate and understand you. If you have found our show to be helpful, please pass it along. Madeline and I are hoping you will join us in creating a ripple effect of mental health and well-being. As always, thanks for listening to the Nomi Podcast. This is Cynthia and Madeline asking you to be good to you.